0: Thanks for tuning in to The Rally on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about all the things you love, like movies, TV, sports, professional wrestling, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash lgrnetwork. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. What is good? What is happening? It's your boy, Ferris Blood. and welcome to Episode 9 of The Rally. And this week, we were, we're going to break down the semifinals on the male side. We have Rafa Nidal against Matteo Berrettini and Daniil Medvedev against Stefano Tsitsipas. But I am not alone. I'm never alone. I am here with my co-pilots forever and always. It is the one, it is the only. It is Adelia. Adelia, how are you? I'm good, Ferris. How are you? Great tennis doing last ph- night. It was phenomenal tennis. Phenomenal phenomenal but Adelia we're not alone we're never nope. alone the man is always in our hearts and our minds forever and always the man that I call a friend is the one is the only is Ohio's favorite son Corey Cameron Corey how are you my man
1: I'm doing great I'm <laughs> still Ohio's favorite son yeah you been are man. For been gone for almost six years and still a favorite so uh it's it's great. No, I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing great. Man. Uh happy to be back on the Riley and talk more tennis.
0: Yeah, well speaking of uh our favorite son, Rafa Nadal against Matteo Berrettini. to start with you Adelia. Rafa, your favorite your thoughts on this match.
2: Um Rafa was sublime in the first two sets of this match. Berrettini looked like he couldn't come up with any answers whatsoever. And, um, he sort of came into it in the third set there, Berrettini. He finally got a break point against Nadal. I saw a tweet from, uh, someone that was like two and a half years, a global pandemic and all of this to get to a break point for Berrettini against Nadal. Cause he'd never had one in any of their matches prior to this converted it, um, got the break and won the third set looked a little like in control of that, uh, third and the early part of the fourth sets, but then Rafa got the break, served it out. Um, slightly concerning that he sort of faded away from his form in the first two sets, but not overly concerning, I think. Um, really good stats for him, basically. He had a good, healthy 69% first serve percentage, 73% of those he won, 4 for 8 on break points, 28 winners, 19 on errors. It was a good match from Rafa, and it was just a good match in general. Berrettini played very well, but um, at the beginning of the third set, I was like, "We were watching it sort of together Ferris. You were, you sort of were like, "This is over," and it sort of really felt that way. So I'm glad for the sake of the spectacle, at least Berrettini was able to come back into that match. But it it never really looked like Rafa's match that he was going to lose. He was sort of all, even in in that third set and beyond. He was sort of still in control. So good match, though. Yeah. Corey.
1: Yeah, I was watching this, and Berrettini, he, yeah, like Adia said, he just got off to a rough start. Uh, he was getting steamrolled at the beginning of that match, and it just looked like he just couldn't move uh, at all. And he, Nadal jumps out to a three love lead uh, in the first set. Berrettini finally gets a game. Uh, but by that point, that first set was already locked up. And in, in the second set, we're like, all right, he can kind of reset. But Adal jumps out to a four-love lead there. And it's just like, all right, <laughs> uh, Verrettini has to come up with something. And it's just like, oh, how's he going to get back? If he does, he's going to have to do it in five now. Uh, and I just it didn't seem like he was ever going to kind of get in the match. That third set, he kind of came back and got his footing, but uh, it just didn't seem like he would get a hold of this match in adult. Rightly so, goes back into form and uh, just kind of does what he does, um, being uh, the the sure thing that he is, and just controlling each, every point, uh, getting to Barrettini's, um, well, really just him, throwing his his forehand all around the court and running around his backhand and doing doing what Nadal, Nadal doing Nadal, basically. Uh, yeah. So it, it was just it is just formed at all. Uh, I kind of expected to to see that there, just the way that he's been playing this whole tournament. Uh, we'll see kind of what he does going into the finals here.
0: Well yeah when I was watching the match in the first two sets it was very it was very abundantly clear that Rafa was going to pin him in a corner. And that's what he did. He pinned him in that backhand corner Mm -hmm. because Rafa realized what's his strongest hand? It's the forehand. All right. So I have to make him go backhand, backhand, backhand. And there was literally a four minute stretch where it was forehand, backhand, backhand, forehand, backhand. And due to the fact that Rafa's a lefty, Rafa could do that, you know? So if Rafa was a righty, he would have to go backhand to backhand. Rafa went forehand to backhand. And he forced Berrettini to keep going backhand, and a lot of Berrettini's backhands hit the net. You know, it goes right into the stats. Thirty-nine unforced errors. Wait, uh, so right? No, 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 the backhands into the net is not an unforced error, I believe, because it depends on the situation. On the... Yeah, sometimes this... it's
2: a forced error. Sometimes
0: yeah, because these were unforced. forced. These were forced errors. He forced Berrettini to sit in that corner, that corner of the court, and backhand his way to victory. And Rafa's like, he doesn't have a very good backhand. Well, his backhand is weaker than his forehand, so I'm gonna make him beat me with his backhand. And if Berrettini beat him with his backhand, I think Rafa'd be like, all right, he beat me. But then Rafa realized he sucks at his backhand. Well, I don't, I'm not gonna say he sucks, but Rafa probably realized I got him, I got him good, I got him on here. He can't, he can't win this game on a, He could probably win a game or two or a point or two on the backhand, but he can't win this match by using his backhand. So we forced him to go backhand the entire Mm -hmm. way. And that's what happened, man. Because I was watching it, man. I told Adelia, I'm going to stop watching this match. Rafa's going to hope this man's behind. And then Adelia tells me he won set three, Ferris. I was like, oh, Mateo on the roll. Then I watched set four, same thing. Forced him in the corner, (laughs) backhand, backhand, backhand. Literally, if someone was like, Ferris, give me a review Of this match. Yeah, okay. Forehand, backhand. Literally. That's what it was. Forehand, backhand. And you know what? And you know what? This is where being a lefty is Rafa's strength, you know? Because, you know, predominantly of the world are right-handers. They're right-handed. Rafa's right-handed. He's what? He is
2: right-handed. Rafa's right-handed. His uncle, when he taught him how to play tennis, (laughs)
0: taught him how to play
2: as a lefty. Are you serious? (laughs) I'm serious. He does everything with his right hand. But when his uncle was was teaching him how to play tennis, and his uncle knew it's an advantage to be a lefty, so he taught him to play as a lefty. So
0: you're telling me this man is not even left-handed? No, he's not. Oh my god! It's one of the reasons it being right-handed.
2: One of the reasons why Rafa's backhand is so solid because he has you know the control from his right hand on the racket. He's the GOAT. <laughs> there are things that, that Rafa does that I think make him slightly better than other players in certain regards. But yeah, the fact that he's a lefty is pretty damn yeah. impressive. No, the fact that, that he's a righty doesn't is
0: left. Well, no, <laughs>
2: I, I'm serious. He's what? he's right-handed. <laughs> what? I wish people that are listening to this could see Ferris's face right
1: now. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm> so shocked. <laughs> this,
0: man's, this man's the goat then Sorry, <laughs> Pete Sampras.
2: <laughs> I don't think anybody thinks Pete Sampras is the goat at hey, this whoa, point. Whoa, but
0: whoa, whoa, don't disrespect Pete Sampras in those eyebrows. I'm not here. disrespecting Pete right. Sampras. I don't think Pete Sampras would say he's the goat right. at this point. Well, he, he was until he, you know, he never won the goddamn French Open. I do know that. Man. Yeah, you know, you can't be the goat without winning at least one one of the majors one time. Shout out to Andre Agassi. He's the goat. Let me tell you here, thing, that, that, is is why, that is why
2: that is why Fed fans will forever love Robin Soderling is because he beat Rafa in the French Open in the fourth round, the first time Rafa had ever lost at Roland Garros. Mm-hmm. And that let Fed win that tournament that year. Yeah. And yeah. so that's how Fed has a French Open.
0: You're lucky. you lucky, Fed fans. I'm yeah. sorry, but he <laughs> has to go. It's Rafa. It's Rafa. Just because of that. The man plays what? with his weak hand. He plays with naturally for a number of reasons, but yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: He plays with his his naturally
0: yeah. weak hand. He dominates a sport with his naturally weak hand. Yep.
1: But also Ferris, like just getting back into the conversation, like he Rafa's obviously he has a great forehand, uh, uh-huh. but also just the spin that he has on his forehand when he does hit it to the righty's backhand, like it uh-huh. just pops up so high. It's really hard to control. That's why. That's why he's beaten Federer so many times because Federer has a one-handed backhand, and you can't really hit um, a, a solid shot if it's above your shoulder. So that's why, like, if you ever like watch a Federer and Nadal match, like he's mainly slicing a lot of his backhand. Uh, Federer is, and um, Nadal just has so much spin, and it just the ball just bounces so high. So a lot of backhands are just sliced uh, to him. Where so, so when it's kind of sailing over and, the
0: net, when it's sailing over the net, when it bounces off the ground, yeah, when it bounces it's off the ground, going straight, it goes, it's going straight to the shoulder, the shoulder, basically,
1: the shoulder. Or, higher, or higher, or higher,
0: or higher, and yeah. like, oh. that, and you forces, know, that like, forces, you to, you
1: to, to yeah. slice down.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry for the yeah. for the
2: audio listeners; they're not seeing. Yeah. <laughs> <making> the <laughs> <laughs> no, and that was happening with Berrettini last night. Is it was getting really high, up above his shoulders, and when you have to hit the ball that high every single shot. That really tires you out. Yeah, and we can see yeah. that with him.
1: That,
0: Adelia, I have that, an idea. It, that sets what? up
1: Nadal to run around his backhand an, and hit yeah. and hit another forehand.
0: Yeah, so I have an that's idea. why. Yeah, that's I have why. it's for, so for the for the video component yeah. of this podcast, Delia. I have a. I have a. Doing a video <laughs> component? <laughs> of no, 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 no. We're not. we're not. we're not. We're not. But but I have an idea. I have an okay. idea. Make sure to save them all. Save them all. Okay. Have you saved them all? Save what all? Like like video and audio, like everything. No. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, well, we'll do that. We'll we'll do that next time. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, it was thirty-nine. It was thirty-nine unforced errors to nineteen unforced errors for Rafa. Ah, uh, Rafa broke his serve four times, uh, out of eight chances. Ah, uh, Berrettini only got two chances and he's converted one of them. Um, Berrettini did win his first saves at a percentage more, seventy-four Slurs. to seventy-three. What I, serves, I keep saying saves. Keep saying serves, safe. Not because like save percentage with the hockey and it just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it throws me off sometimes. Uh, which is weird too because Berrettini had 14 aces to mm-hmm. Rafa's five. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes the numbers are really confusing to like how did Rafa win this match? Because the first saves in, the first serves in percentage was 69 to 67 for Berrettini. So it was close on serves. Rafa broke his serve four times. And and Berrettini, when I was watching the match, his returns were going wide. They were just going wide. They're just going mm-hmm. wide. And, you know, Rafa's forcing him to go wide. That's why, you know what, if you counted all of those mistakes, it should be like 70, 70 errors altogether or some, some. I don't know, I don't fully know, but it, it, it was a lot of, Berrettini's returns coming wide. Was that wrong? Was I not dissecting that properly? Or, or or am I on point Adelia?
2: No, I don't think you're wrong necessarily. Um, I don't think that um, every single one of Berrettini's shots was going wide. He he did hit a lot of shots into the net. Not as many as like Madison and noticeably as like Madison Keys against Ash Barty. That was very noticeable that she hit every shot into the net practically, but um Berrettini, if you take the total points won, Ferris, mm-hmm. and you subtract the unforced errors, that gives you an idea of how many either... Or Subtract the unforced errors and subtract Berrettini's winners, that gives you an idea of how many forced errors he had.
0: Wait, wait. So one?
2: No. Rafa had 108 total points that he won. Yes. If you subtract the 38 winners... So that dig it down to
0: seventy, um, and then Barrettini? subtract,
2: yeah, and then subtract the thirty-nine unforced errors. That'll tell you how many forced errors he had.
0: So, so take Rafa's total points and total subtract points. it from Berrettini's so errors. Subtract Berrettini's
2: error, unforced errors, and winners, and that'll tell you how many times Rafa forced him into an error.
0: Okay. So I think it's like forty-one minus thirty-nine minus thirty-eight. 31, 31,
2: 31. four stairs.
0: Yeah, 31, 31. four stairs.
2: Okay. So he made 39 unforced errors and 31 four stairs. He only oh, okay. won the point by himself 38 times.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. And I'm also, also, I'm looking at, I don't see it on here, but the second uh serve win percentage for Berrettini is only 44%. So yeah. he wasn't really kind of protecting his serve on the on his second serve either. So that's where a lot of points also come in from Nadal.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. So let's move on. There's nothing really any any more final thoughts on this match because it was it was really cut and dry. He pinned him in that corner, and he went forehand backhand most of the entire time. You know, the Bear team he took a set off of him, but it was it was Rafa was in full control. Right? Yeah. Mike yes. or, or I'm wrong all right you know. all right but now let's move on to a match that had fireworks in the first a couple sets on the court off the court around the world <laughs> uh, yeah, code words
2: hot, hot topic on Twitter
0: code words were used uh <laughs> yeah. to be caught co- you know what I mean like, you know, because didn't want yeah someone didn't want to get a code violation. For inappropriate uh, conduct, uh, it is Daniil Medvedev, uh, the top-seeded player in this tournament, against Stifno Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas uh, uh, lost 7-6. Oh, no, Daniil Medvedev won 7-6, 4-6, 6-4, 6-1. Corey, let's go to you. Your thoughts on this match, the fireworks, the tennis fireworks on and off the court. Give me everything, man.
1: You know I I... I woke up at the end of the second set, so I I didn't get to see, I guess, live the uh, the fireworks on and off the court. I only saw the re like the replays when they they were talking about it in the latter sets. Uh, but I did see like the gesture that uh, Medvedev made. Uh, I saw some yelling <laughs> at the uh, the umpire uh, and all the all the things that kind of went after that, uh, and then also. Uh, kind of just during the match. I know they were talking about uh Sitsi Pass's dad who was also his coach um getting coaching violations and mm-hmm. he's been doing coaching violations for the longest time not just yeah. in this tournament but uh, mm-hmm. and I, I know they, they had to send another umpire out to sit kind of under their the player's box there. What is your Greek? Yeah who who uh understood Greek and I, I did see him get a, another violation during there so um whatever it is its it's you can always expect medvedev at some point during the tournament to uh kind of get some yeah. <laughs> get some some type of violation or something some type of outburst or something like that uh as well as sitsi Pass. Sitsi pass isn't as uh overt or outwardly overt as medvedev is but. Uh, he also gets his fair share of violations as well in, in uh, regards to coaching. So um, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on there, uh, and that's kind of my my take on it. Not not having seen the, like the actual um, things going on in the first couple sets there, uh, but the match itself, uh, it's kind of what you, I kind of expected, it just being uh, a good one, very close there um in the in the first really three sets uh and pass kind of just fell off there in the the last set or Medvedev Dev actually played his heart out in, in that final set and um it was just a, a good match overall
2: Adelia your thoughts on this match um this was a really good match I watched it this morning because I fell asleep before it started last night and um Medvedev played really, really well. I don't think Tsitsipas played badly either. I mean, he did kind of fade away in that fourth set. But um, the thing that everybody talked about going into this match was, well, it's Medvedev and Tsitsipas. <laughs> they have a history. <laughs> and this did not, uh, not fail to live up to that. Um, their matches are always pretty good, pretty close. They played in the semifinals here last year, and Medvedev won that. Uh, Medvedev's head-to-head going into this match was, I believe, 6-2. So I'm not surprised that Medvedev ended up being the stronger player here and pulling it out. But the... Um, the whole thing about... Well, first off, Medvedev was aggravated because the crowd kept ca- was very pro-Sitsipas at the beginning of the match. I don't know if they stayed that way. Australia starts to kind of switch allegiances during the middle of a match sometimes. Very pro crowd at the beginning of the match. And in the second set, they he they were calling out in between first and second serves while he was serving to try to not be broken and lose the set. And uh, so he was very aggravated after the second set. Convinced that, that Apostolos Tsitsipas was coaching his son, which he was. Um, and it just sort of exploded on the chair empire. And uh, <laughs> basically told him that if he didn't give him... A code violation. He was, how to put it, a very small cat. <laughs> <laughs> and like this is just like this is so creative from him. Because if he just said that the umpire was a pussy, he would have immediately gotten a right. audible. <laughs> oh my god, you Oh my god, you said it! <laughs> you, said that did. Have, you did! Oh my god, <laughs> he would have immediately gotten code violation. Code violation. And that would have cost him a point, because he'd already gotten the warning um, for the gesture that he made, which he said in his post-match interview was not supposed to be some sort of explicit gesture, it was just him waving his arms around. That one was a new code violation for me, actually. I've never heard of the visual obscenity (laughs) violation before, but that's what that one was. And then he avoided the audible obscenity violation by saying small cat. He did, I noticed, uh, apologize to the chair empire for the outburst at the end of the match. I thought that was good. Um, but yeah, they sent Ava Osdoraki Moore, who is Greek, one of the better chair empires in the world, to go stand basically underneath uh, the Sitsipas player box and listen for Apostolos coaching his son. And she was giving hand signals to uh, Jame Campistole, who was the uh, actual chair empire of the match, and She gave the right hand signal, apparently, and he gave Sitsipas a code violation, warning for coaching. And um, Sitsipas is just, like, fine with this, apparently, because, like, he's tried to talk to his dad about um, stopping the talk during the match, stop with
0: all of this. He says he doesn't listen to his dad anyway. I said it. He he said it, uh, yeah. Adelia, in the press conference, the post match press conference, that it's fun that he keeps getting coaching warnings because chair umpires can do that if they think it's right. But he has talked to his dad about this. He says he can't stop his father from talking because it's something he does by nature. Yeah. Uh, but he he does. But he, then he says I don't listen to him anyway. But then he ends it with like he believes coaching should be allowed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which, to be fair, I believe that as well. I think it's kind of stupid that. It why, happens. Why? why it happens it happens anyways it's supposed to be an individual sport that's what everybody says you're not supposed to have coaching during the the match but like at the same time if there's a rain delay somewhere you can get coaching during the right. rain delay right. um, it makes the rule the rule about coaching in my opinion makes no sense because people do it anyways, especially the players who Uh, can communicate with their coach in a language that the chair umpire cannot understand, like what was happening last night with the Greeks going from his father to Stephanos. And the only reason he ended up getting that coaching violation was because they had to bring out the Greek umpire to find out what he was actually being said. Um, At some point before that happened, uh, Sinsipas did ask uh, the chair umpire if he knew how to speak Greek, (laughs) which i don't know if that means
1: that
2: (laughs) that means that medvedev kind of can speak a little greek and knew what was happening or if he was just assuming that was what was happening but some sort of conversation was had that led to ava azaraki going and standing underneath the player box and getting the you know yes this is coaching and like that that was just weird to me. I've never seen another chair umpire sort of be
0: assigned to a match a they're not umpiring that. like that. I have that? a question. Yeah. Why don't yeah. they why don't they have an umpire that is fluent in both languages of the player? Well, that can be difficult sometimes yeah. cuz some people don't know how to speak Greek and Russian at the same time. Well,
2: yeah, and then like, like you have in, the smaller yeah. countries like there's a there's a tennis player from Moldova that uh, like
0: you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no. like like who here who here speaks uh, the the Belarusian language you know what i mean you know what i mean like yeah. probably yeah. probably you know um Ari- Ariana Ar- arna arna arena arena sabalenka could be speaking in Belarusian and, and no one even knows you know what i mean cuz yeah. like you know the chair umpire only speaks spanish
2: yeah. yeah and like there there are many chair umpires that speak multiple languages but um
0: at the same time, you can't as- expect their adjustment was umpire... pretty good. No, their adjustment was pretty good. It's like, okay, how do we adjust to help yeah. our umpire? Yeah. Hey, yeah.
1: And then you're you know, not, not like, hey, get gonna, over here. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're yeah, like, you're hey, also with yeah. with that. You're going to be seeing the same umpire, uh, umpire, chair umpire, the, all the, the same players all the time. Yeah. So yeah. you yeah. don't want that at all. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're, and
2: like we like... talked about the other um, day, chair umpires have a no list of players that yeah. they will just not umpire matches for. Well, what if they need an umpire for a match that speaks a specific language but the players uh, on their no list? Uh, like uh, it yeah, just yeah. it goes into too much of a um gray area of players always getting the same chair umpires. Plus it also takes away from the fact that chair umpires are also graded throughout the tournament by the mm-hmm. ITF or with you know the ATP WTA depending on the tour. Um to Make sure the chair umpires that are doing the best, you know, umpire the bigger matches. So it's like it's like they come up with like a refereeing crew for the playoffs or for yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like there is a specific reason that chair umpire has made it to that match,
0: uh-huh. and he's the uh, best in the tournament.
2: Yeah, he was one yeah. of the best in the tournament. Uh, this guy, and at one point during Medvedev's tirade, he even went, "Why are you so bad at this? It's a Grand Slam semifinal." which I assume is one of the reasons why he apologized afterwards, because yeah. that's not something you want to say. And I, in my opinion, Just because he didn't, just he, didn't just he didn't know
0: Greek. Just because he didn't know Greek. Just because he
2: didn't know Greek. In is, my yeah. opinion, um, Medvedev is lucky he didn't get a code violation for verbal abuse of the umpire. I don't... would have given him one. Yeah, but they don't call that all that often, I've noticed. But he went really hard. And when you just tell an umpire that they're bad at their job like that, that's in the middle of a tirade. To me, that calls for a verbal abuse code violation. I'm still surprised that Shapovalov didn't get a code violation for verbal Call abuse. Call them Karate. I was, was
1: like, actually bro. I was surprised that uh Bernardes was ump- umpire of that match because I know he and Adal have a history <laughs> together. Yeah. So yeah, uh I was very surprised well, that Oh well, well, yeah.
0: Well alive. um Bernardes were well, now him and Bernardes are actually like they're not cool. But they're fine with each other now. So Bernardos took him off the no list, so he can call get, he can call Rafa's matches now. You know, but right. you know, they, you know, they probably hashed out like just grown ups. Like me and you, I'm not gonna invite you to my dinner right. party. But you know, but I'm not going to like ignore you at a party, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's everything. But yeah, man, like, like the more I, the more I speak about these rules that I'm learning more about these, you know, conduct rules and these code violation rules, like, you know what, I would have deducted a point from Daniel, from, from Daniel Medvedev straight up. I was like, who the hell are you talking to? You're mad at me because I don't know Greek. You're mad at me because I don't know Greek. How stupid are you? I would have, if I was the 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 chair umpire, I was like, I'm giving you a deduction because you can't be mad at me for not knowing Greek. You're mad at me because I never learned Greek. Yeah, that's why you're mad. Not that I've called this game horribly, just because I don't understand Greek. And then when I don't understand Greek, I ask them to bring in the one of the Greek umps to help me out, which is actually a great great adjustment by the the chair ump. And the ump, I don't know, the ump commissioner. The tournament referee, it. probably the tournament referees, yeah. So what they did was, well, you know what? Cause some you know, we, we we give umps and refs a lot of a lot of shit, a lot of it. Because usually the only time we're talking about them is usually when they mess up. But I want to talk about them. They I want to talk about them when they didn't mess up. This was a great adjustment by them. We're like one of our umps doesn't know Greek, someone's probably coaching. You know, we can agree to disagree on if you think coaching should be allowed or not, but right now it's not allowed, so you're breaking the rules. You know, so now let's help them out. So you're mad at me because I don't know Greek. How about I come down from that chair and whack you with your goddamn racket? How about that? Huh? Huh? How about that? Because I would have done that. I was like, who the hell are you talking to? You know, like, you know, like because I'm not here to be, I'm not here to be famous. These umps, most of them, not all of them, but most of them are just like, I'm just here to do my job. My job is to never be known. No one's supposed to know my name. You yeah. know, if I'm doing my job correctly, no one knows my name. And Daniel Medvedev made this ump famous and probably this ump's a little mad. You know what? I would have whooped Daniel Medvedev's ass. I would have whooped his ass. Cause I know what you were you, you, you call me the P word. You called me you, you call me a pussy on national TV. You just said small cat because I because I won't be able to give you a code violation because you said small cat. You don't call me a pussy at my job. This is my job. And you called me a pussy? That's the last thing you would ever fucking say to me. Because I'll whack your ass out with this racket real quick. I'll beat your ass on national TV. That's what I would do. Who the hell are you talking to? Because I don't know Greek. Because I don't know Greek. That's why you're angry. Because I don't know Greek. You know what? You know why I'm angry? You're a fucking idiot.
2: (laughs) Medvedev (laughs) has this history, though, of having these moments throughout a tournament like, he became the bad guy at the 2019 U.S. Open. He was encouraging the crowd to boo him. Yeah. And then he put in this tremendous effort and barely lost to Rafa in the final. And then everybody loved him. him he him was over, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, this whole thing with Medvedev and Tsitsipas goes back uh, to, uh, like, four years.
0: Yeah, yeah take, us, take us through. Was it 2018 um, in Miami? Miami
2: 2018. They were both very young players on the way up. Um, they were in a pretty competitive uh, three-set match in Miami. Um, Medvedev took a seven-minute bathroom break after the second set, which is fine. That's within the rules, whatever. Then the chair empire allowed Sitsipas an emergency bathroom break in the middle of the third set, which never really happens. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the match, um, Sitsipas apparently called Medvedev a fucking Russian. Russian, And uh, Medvedev almost, like, came at him and had to sort of be restrained by the chair umpire. So things have been very tense with them ever since. And like going into this uh, match, uh, Medvedev was asked what it, you know, it would be like to play Sitsipas in this in the semifinals. And he was like, well, it's Stefanos. So it is what it is. You know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Jim Currier. I, I, believe, I
0: like Daniil Medvedev. I really he, do. Yeah, I yeah. like him. But if I was the chair umpire... I'd have been like, dude, I oh, don't maybe kick you in the fucking face. You know what I mean? Like, I get. <laughs> yeah, it, you know?
2: but that's that's why this guy was the chair umpire, and you weren't. first. <laughs> they yeah. kind of just sit there and 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 take it from a lot of the players because
0: they're trying. Oh, but, but if it, oh, but if it's Serena Williams, they'll give it out. But if it's Serena Williams, they'll they'll. Oh, trust they'll me, Medvedev
2: got fined for that. Trust me, oh, yeah. fine. Yes. Yell
0: at him. A fine's overall, but you just allowed a man to chastise you on national TV. Go back. If be he, like, I don't know he... Greek. It ain't my fault. Shut the fuck up. You know, that's yeah, what that's you said Yeah,
2: for the chair empire to do, though, well, how?
0: What, what? So you're not, they're not allowed to defend themselves?
2: It's not defending himself, Ferris. It's keeping a His cool tirade head was unjust, Adelia. The... He hey, didn't I'm know Greek. Not, I'm not saying it's unjust. It's totally unjust. But, like, if the chair empire yelling back at Medvedev would have just escalated the situation and made it worse.
1: No, his probably. job is in jeopardy.
0: Yeah, that's true. I right, good point. Sorry. You know what? See, that's why I will never be a chair umpire. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably get fired on my first day. Uh, first day. Anyways, yeah. uh, you slug, like,
2: in the on-court yeah. in interview after the match, uh, Courier basically teed up Medvedev to uh, say some complimentary things about Tsitsipas, <laughs> and Medvedev <laughs> just didn't. <laughs>
0: so. You know what? You know, you know what's funny? I actually like Daniil Medvedev. You know? you know, I actually I, do.
1: I love because, you know, like, because the more him. you talk
0: about, like, 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 he, he, he knows the game. You know what I mean? Like, he knew he was gonna be the bad guy against Rafa, right? So he he took that role and he let them boo him, right? But he knew at the end of the match they weren't gonna boo him because he was gonna play hard. You know, yeah. and you can't really hate him a, 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 t- a player who plays hard. You know, you can't hate them, but in the moment you're like, I hate that guy, but then you realize, like. Oh, he played hard, good for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. he played yeah. his heart right. out
1: during exactly. that one. And like, they, after that one, I remember they had uh, the US Open had made this video uh, at the time, it was 19 uh, of uh, Nadal slams. It's just a video of him playing. And Medvedev goes up when uh, his after-match interview, he goes, like, So, what would they have played if I would have won? <laughs> so, it yeah. like kind of yeah. won the crowd yeah. over and like it was it was it was so funny and it was so good for him to kind of uh have that kind of turn uh so yeah. people people would actually like him but yeah
0: yeah, yeah well he's 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 not the type of like he's like i'm just me you like me or you hate me i love daniel Medved, yeah yeah. Right? yeah and
1: he keeps you know up I mean? he keeps bringing up like during this tournament he keeps bringing up novak Djokovic for some reason yeah he in his for like...
2: interview last night <laughs> or or uh was it last night? No, it wasn't last night. It was maybe it was last night. He, he was asked, you know, what he was going to do, and he goes, "I don't know. I just thought, what would Novak do?" Yeah. <laughs> and then did that,
1: and the crowd just starts booing automatically. <laughs> yeah,
2: and um, he he said. Uh, some something was said about Rafa possibly going for 20, and he said, Yeah, I bet 21. Novak's paying it or 21. He's like, Yeah, I bet Novak's paying attention yeah. to that too. <laughs> he just keeps
0: yeah. breaking him up, and nobody knows no, why. I, I think, I think, I think it's why because he wanted him to be there because he wanted to beat him.
2: He did that in New York, and I know, but and, he wanted to do it again.
0: Well, he wants to do it again, obviously, but yeah. No, but here's the thing too like, because like, you know, I don't want to say it like, he's Russian, Novak's Serbian. All right. Yeah, know. There's a little beef there. Okay, it's a little beef there. You know, it's an old beef, but it's a little beef. Also, too, you know, him being the guy that stops the big three from getting twenty one. That's 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 he, a big thing. He he stopped Novak from getting twenty one in New exactly. York. Exactly. So if like, stopped so, Rafa from getting twenty one here. That'll be something. Yeah. You know, he could stop Roger, but Roger's body stopping him. So I don't think Roger's gonna win anymore because that, with that body yeah. he got like you know so like he is going to be the he is going to be the force that stops either novak or rafa this upcoming year it's going to be daniel medvedev it's going to be him he's going to be the guy that's going to be like is he going to stop them or not you know he probably won't stop rafa in, on clay but we don't really know i don't know maybe maybe not
1: nah, you no know? not, not going to be the one to do that <laughs> not going to be the one to do that no but he's thing too hates i think medvedev
0: no i think medvedev is does not like the australian crowd so he's like, how do I piss them off? Let me just bring up Joker. Let me just bring him up. I mean, psychology, you know what I mean? So, because like, it, there's been a lot of times where he's like, he's he's told the crowd to shut the hell up a couple of times. Him and the crowd haven't been very friendly in Australia. They've been bang, bang, button heads. You know what I mean? So he's like, yeah. well, how do I piss them off? Hey, let me bring up the guy who tried to like smuggle himself into the, his country on COVID that they got mad at. So... You know, it is what it is. He doesn't give a shit about Novak Djokovic. What would Joker do? He doesn't care. He's like, yeah. this is for y'all. This is for every one of you. Watch me mm-hmm. beat Rafa Nadal. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: and because um, Djokovic didn't play this tournament, if Medvedev wins this match against Rafa, he'll become number one in the world in mid-February because the points for this tournament will not fall off of right. the rankings mm-hmm. until... Mid February, because that's the tournament got delayed by three weeks last year, uh, because of COVID. Um, But if he beats Rafa, he'll have, you know, retained the points that he got last year, and then surpassed them with the win. So he will, uh, he will become in mid February the number one player in the world for the first time in a while. It would be someone other than Djokovic um, Mm -hmm. if he beats Rafa and prevents 21 so it's also motivation for him Mm -hmm. so i thought that was pretty interesting
0: exactly final thoughts on this match guys Corey. um
1: this one specifically no i'm just looking forward to uh saturday night slash sunday morning um Mm -hmm. here uh for for the men's final i'm i'm excited to watch it for sure
2: idelia this was a really good match and it was—I oh. think it was a slightly better match than last year. Last year was a pretty routine straight sets win for Sitsipass, from what I remember. But I'm a little concerned for Pass that he can't quite seem to beat Medvedev, because mm-hmm. he's going to be playing this guy a lot in the later stages of tournaments. And if he can't, you know, get over that hump in a major and beat him, that's going to be a
0: problem for him in down the line. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I legitly thought we didn't have a lot to talk about. And then there's that little mini tirade went on. was <laughs> right. well, your medvedev tirade? Yeah, it was my medvedev <laughs> tirade? I can't believe you're the one who said the word Adelia. I thought what? I was going to be the word pussy. The word. Yeah, no, no, but because you know I thought I thought we were gonna use that word, right? I thought we were gonna you're not gonna say that word, you know what I mean? Like we're gonna keep it clean on the tennis Everybody podcast Everybody
2: knows what the hell he meant.
0: Might no, I, say it. Exactly. <laughs> he called him a pussy. <laughs> Straight up I was like, Yo, you a pussy. Are you even doing
2: this it, job dig in the uh, discord said that this might be the insult of 2022 so far calling him a small cat a small cat i thought that was great
0: <laughs> all right so let's now let's preview uh the the, the finals guys uh we have uh, the women's final uh that's on saturday at uh midnight uh pt which is uh 2:30 central time for for my fellow folks here uh, Dallas and Nebraska, respectively. Head to head, Ash Barty versus Danielle Collins. Head to head, Barty's three and one. Uh, Barty's two zero in Grand Slam finals: twenty nineteen uh, Roland Garros and twenty twenty one Wimbledon. Uh, this is Collins's very first Grand Slam final. The last Australian to win the Australian Open was in nineteen seventy eight. Chris O'Neill. We talked about that the last that last show. Uh, you know, the last Australian to even make woman to make the the, the Australian final was in 1980. She Wendy lost when Wendy you she lost to uh um to uh HANA Uh the last American to win the Australian Open is more recent was 2021. It was Sophia Kennan who got 2020, not 2021. 2021 was who? Naomi Osaka. Naomi. Okay, that's right. right? Uh 2020 Sophia Kennan uh, who got who actually lost to Madison Keys. Who lost to Ash Barty. So there's that connection. So guys, Ash Barty, the Terminator is what I like to call her. Miss one <laughs> hour. You know, one hour Barty. That's what it is. It's Ash one hour Barty. Who you got to deal you?
2: I think Ash pulls this out. I think it's longer than an hour, though. Unless Daniel Collins' nerves just really, really get to her. Um. I said Madison was going to be Ash's biggest test to that point. This is now, I think, a bigger test than Madison was, simply because Danielle's played so well over the last year. It wasn't just a recent thing like it was with Madison. She played really well in her semifinal against Iga Shiantek. And um, Danielle seems to be in a place where she's just prepared to hit her backhand as hard as she can, and it's going in. Or at least it was against Shiantek. That backhand to to Ash's sliced backhand would be interesting. I still think Ash is going to win this match. I think she's handled the pressure of playing in Australia really, really well this year. Um, I really didn't think of it until Renee Stubbs said that in the semifinals match. And we touched on it yesterday. But winning Wimbledon might have been the biggest pressure Ash ever faces. And she's done that. And now she's down here. And she's like, oh, well, I can do this. I've done, I did that. So now I can do this. She certainly seems incredibly calm and incredibly composed. And sure she could go out there tonight and have the nerves just completely take her over. But I think it'll be a really good match. I could see it going to three sets, but I think Ash will pull it out in the end.
0: Corey, my man. Yeah, Ash Barty. Ash Barty's gonna, Daniel
1: Collins. gonna take this one as well. Um for <laughs> really everything Jose just, like just said. Uh she's like you said, she's the Terminator and she hasn't really kind of faltered at all in this whole tournament uh she's kind of just ran through a lot of her opponents and uh and experience also plays uh into it as well uh having already won a grand slam and knowing kind of how to face that and face a championship point and being able to to lock it in and, and get there. Uh yeah. and Danielle Collins uh on the other hand doesn't have that experience, but uh she is she is a fighter, uh Danielle Collins is. And um I I think she will make this a match. Uh and she can use all of that, like I said uh earlier this week, uh kind of use all of that emotion that she has and um, trying to get the crowd The crowd obviously is going to be behind Ash Barty But she can also uh, Rile up some fans To also maybe win Some people over like Medvedev Has done in the past uh, And and get uh, some cheers uh, for, for how well she plays So uh, I think she will Make it a match and uh, But I do have uh, Ash Barty
0: Yeah uh- I am also going with one hour, Barty, uh, and this will be an hour. All right, this won't exceed an hour thirty. Yeah, I said okay. it. Yeah, I said it. I'm sorry for Daniel Collins. I'm an American. Uh, you know, I love being an American, but Ash party's gonna put behind man. That that girl is on is on fire, man. You could see it in her eye, man. She got that twinkle in her eye. Of like I'm a nice person, but I want to take your soul. You know yeah. what I mean. That's what Ash Barty's gonna do. That's what Ash Barty's gonna do.
2: Australia is poised for what they call a Barty party, and then <laughs> after yes. the uh, women's final, they have the all Aussie men's doubles yeah. final. I gotta figure so... out a way to
1: find, find out to watch that somehow.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's gonna be. It's going to be incredible tonight. I think the atmosphere will be electric. And the atmosphere will not die down, I think, unless Daniel Collins just comes out there
0: and crushes Ash. But I just don't see that happening. Yeah. All right, guys. Oh, I also want to point out Dagan, our, our, our other, our other com- uh, compatrate that's used on this podcast. He also picked Ash Barty as well. Uh. So, yeah. yeah. Well, on that note, guys, thank you guys for coming. Can I, well, can I, can I give you... my, my interesting stat that I found? Uh, yeah, yeah. But I just want to say we're going to preview the male final tomorrow before. Yeah. yeah. Adele, you're interesting stat. Okay. Uh, Rafa's
2: win over Matteo Berrettini was his 500th match win on hard court. He also only needs 36 more match wins on clay to reach 500 on that surface because he's currently at 464. Mm-hmm. He is, at the moment, the only man in tennis history to have more than 400 match wins on two different surfaces. He's almost the one with 500 match wins on both these surfaces. Uh, Federer and Djokovic, not really close. Federer has 776 hardcourt match wins, but only 225 on clay. And Djokovic has 634 hardcourt wins, but only 244 on clay. That's kind of a stat to me that shows not only how dominant Rafa has been on clay, but also that he's still really good on a hard court. which I think even after all this time, a lot of people still just view him as the clay quarter because he's won the French so many times. How
0: about grass?
2: Any, He's, any grass? Grass wins are much lower. He's got like 71 on grass and Federer and Djokovic are into the 100 range. But grass, there's yeah. only there you don't have as much opportunity each year to play on grass. It's usually just like one tournament and then Wimbledon. So it's very hard to pile up match
0: wins on grass to yeah, this cause, level. Because you have to cut it and cut it like in, in water it. Well, at, the grass court point.
2: season is literally yeah. just from the end of the French Open month. until Wimbledon. <laughs> it's yeah. barely so, a month long.
0: Uh, yeah. One when is, when is Wimbledon.
2: Wimbledon so July. is July, early July. Oh, man. Okay. French opens right. at the end of May. Wimbledon's
0: at the beginning of July. Wow. That's what? May. Yeah. June. One month. Like one month? Basically one month, grass court it's, season. Yeah. Well, two months because it's June
2: and July. Well, it's the beginning of July. So it's a month you know, and like a half. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Well, on that note, guys, thank you guys for listening. I am Faris Montana, one of the hosts of The Rally, the LGR major recap podcast. I will be here every single time because today, this Friday, is our Let's Get Ready to Talk Shimon podcast episode at eight o'clock on our YouTube channel. So make sure to tune into that. Well, if you're watch- if you're listening today or tomorrow, if you're listening this episode tomorrow, go back to our YouTube channel and watch the replay and hit that like button. But so I'm going to stop talking. I'm get to throw it to my main man, Corey. Corey, where do people find you? And what yeah. special ha- happenings on Sunday?
1: Yes. Uh, Sunday, you can find me on the LGR Twitch channel. Uh, we have, or for any given Sunday, we will have William, Viviani, William Bibiani um, on talking everything, Schmodown, everything about, I guess, rules and the upcoming season. Uh, so please tune into that at 2.30 Pacific Time, um, 5.30 Eastern, 4.30 Central. Uh, and otherwise, you'll find me on Instagram, Corey Cameron Visuals, on Twitter, Corey Cameron Viz.
0: Any given day, not any given Sunday, everyone.
1: Oh, did I say that? You said any given yeah. Sunday, yeah. Oh, any yeah. given day. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> on Sunday.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Chambo. Talk to me about tennis if you want. Um, I still can't believe I'm talking about sports publicly. But if you want to talk about tennis, tweet at me and maybe we'll just exchange gifts for two hours, like I did with Ferris the other day. <laughs> It'll be tennis gifts. So,
0: yeah. Ferris won the I, gift exchange, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I enjoy doing it with you because you know some other people don't know the rules and decorum of gift battles and think they win because some jackass laughed. At a fat dude in a gift falling. That's not how you win a gift battle. Just because Justin <laughs> laughed. Yeah, I'm calling you out, Brandy. Loser. All right, I'm Ferris McDonough. Uh, um, forget what I just said. Uh, like I said, you can find me here on the LGR Network anywhere. I run the sports show every Tuesday at two o'clock. Uh, uh I I'm, I show up on the sh- I, sh- I mostly show up on the show on uh on, on Fridays. Um. Thank you guys for listening. Honestly, I re- this is really a passion project of mine, really. Because it was j- literally one night, it was me and Adelia in a voice chat in our Discord. We're just shooting the shit, talking about tennis, how the Australia Open is going to happen. And I literally just said, let's do a podcast. I want to do a major recap podcast. And you know what? And I was like, you know who also loves tennis, Adelia? Our main guy, Corey. Because I know... because. I found, and then Dagan told me he liked tennis. I didn't know Dagan liked tennis. That threw me off. I was like, when the hell you like tennis? He never told me he liked tennis. It threw me off. But I knew Corey and you liked tennis. So I was like, good. Because I'm, I'm going to be real with you, Corey. I want you to be more involved, man. I wanted to get you more involved. So I, I wanted to make this podcast with you and Adelia in mind, Because you know what? Y'all do a lot of stuff, right? But no one really knows you guys' passions. And I want people to know your passions. Y'all love tennis. I like tennis. I'm not going to say I'm a big fan. I I learn things new every day about tennis. Like today, Rafa isn't left-handed. That I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) That threw me off. Um, But yeah, this is a passion project. Um, I'm at FerrisBloin on Twitter. At me. If you you listen to this episode, at me. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you didn't like. I believe in constructive criticism. Not asshole criticism. Constructive criticism. You know, like Ferris. You should learn how to say people's names right. You're correct. I believe you. Like Ferris. Don't yell all the time. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, that's kind of not going to happen. That's the thing. That's my thing. But, yeah, man, because that means means people are listening. And I want you guys. Also, Adelia, 19 away? 19 away, right? 19 away. We were 19 away, yeah. So last night I was told we were 19 listens, individual listens away to hitting 10,000 on the audio feed. Every day I say this. I appreciate you guys that are listening to us on the audio feed because that's how I get my podcast. That's how you're now at 11. 11. We are eleven away. I appreciate you. I love you, and I always think about you. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for all your support. This isn't no bullshit. I this isn't some fake contrarian. I'm honest, and I'm trust me. If I didn't give a shit about y'all, I would say I don't give a shit about y'all. But I give a shit about y'all because y'all. Give a shit about this show, and I believe in support us, support you. That's the way I rule, or that's the way I live my life. You know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Support, support, support. Like I did with Corey, and not actually, you know, you know, because you know he he watched us. We watched any given Shmo day, and then you know what? We brought them on the team because they're wonderful people. You know, you're a wonderful person, Corey. Thank you. All right. On that note, so are you, Adelia? I want you to know that you're amazing. I want you to know. You. that. On that note, I'm going to stop rambling. Stay cool, stay breezy, and be nice to one another.